Welcome to episode 28 of the Lovecraft Tapes, an actual play Call of Cthulhu 7th edition RPG podcast using Roll20.net. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Samantha Blaine. Boy, this coffee is really good. Matt as Dan Williams. They want $20,000 to fix that stupid knocking noise? And Gabe as Roy Arroyo. When investigating doesn't work, I use Mentos to drown my sorrows away. Mentos, the fresh maker. Hashtag please sponsor us, Mentos. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag yet. All right, how's everybody doing tonight? Good. What are we eating and drinking? I am drinking a beer from this uh, well-known brewery, but I don't remember the name of the beer. That particular one is called Pillow Talk Pilsner. It is jalapeno kumquat, Mm -hmm. and so we call it hot cum. Mm -hmm. It's jalapeno cum. I hope you enjoy your hot cum. From Boomstick Brew. It's very tasty and quite cold, surprisingly. That's some pretty cold hot cum you got there. Is it like icy hot? Where it, oh. Yeah, it burns going all, all the way down <laughs> and all the way out. How about you guys? What are you drinking? Delicious, succulent water. I also have good old dihydrogen monoxide. Don't kill yourself. Don't do it. Unless it's really yeah. cool. You're drinking ketamine? What? <laughs> In our wiki, it says arrested for stealing ketamine. Date rape drug 2000. <laughs> Do you dare me to drink this sulfuric acid? I dare ya. I double dog dare ya. It's under Ryan Davies, though. <laughs> I am drinking a uh, Shorts Brewing Company S'mores Stout. Mm-hmm. Is it sweet? I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, I get it. You only asked us what we're drinking so you could tell us what you're drinking. Yeah, it's okay. Too sweet? It's quite sweet, yeah. It's like the mocha I had from Stone. Too sweet? Oh. Well, it also has floaties in it, which I think is maybe graham crackers. <laughs> Or mold. Either way. <laughs> I'm not joking. It has floaties. I think it's graham crackers. Penicillin in every cup. <laughs> not my cup of tea, but... Because uh... it's beer, you dumbass. Well, of course. Yeah, you idiot. It's not tea. Uh, well, before we continue along with the adventure, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Are you sick and tired of reheated meals that come out cold in one spot and boiling hot in another? Do you yearn for a microwave oven that can heat up your food fast, evenly, and free of hassle? Well, wish upon that star no longer. New from Herbert West Labs comes the kitchen wonder from tomorrow, today. The Nucatron 3000 is our new next-generation microwave that is faster, hotter, and will more evenly heat your meals than any other of those nuke boxes on the market. What allows us to make these promises? How can we be so confident? Because our microwave reaches across all planes and boundaries to acquire its radiation from a newly discovered pocket dimension close to ours. That's right, we don't power our microwaves with those flimsy old microwaves from our dimension, oh no no no. This new radiation is better in every conceivable way than our own. It can cook faster, hotter, And when the food is ready to eat, it will glow with a pulsing ethereal light. That's right. Never overcook your food again with our perfect glow guarantee. Along with a host of other scientifically proven health benefits that will make you feel like you're just not your old self anymore. Get yourself one today before they disappear from this pitiful plane of existence. Warning, continued use of the Nucatron 3000 may lead to nausea, heartburn, possession, indigestion, upset stomach, or the growth of additional limbs, cancer, calcification of the frontal lobes, interdimensional parasite infestation, hair loss, or death. By purchasing the product, you forfeit all rights to take legal action against HW Industries and its subsidiaries in any manner. Use at your own risk. 
The Nucatron has not been tested or approved by any government committee. Herbert West Labs, copyright 2017, all rights reserved, Hail Cthulhu. And we're back. That wasn't a commercial for Mentos. I know, but it was really good. I also heard the commercial. (laughs) (laughs) I too endorse this. I too endorse oh, your product here. <laughs> uh, let's launch into a segment we call Cthulhu Rules. And Cthulhu Rules is just uh, a quick recap of certain rules. Last week we looked at wounds. And this week we're going to look at healing, which is the flip side of that, of course. And this is on page 120, 121 of the Keeper's Rulebook. First off, let's talk about first aid. First aid must be administered within one hour of damage, and for that, you will get one hit point back. Pretty simple to remember, right? Mm -hmm. Two people can try at once to administer first aid, but you don't get any bonuses for that. But a better chance of success. No, either one can succeed. The role is not combined, Okay, but uh, up to two people can try to administer first aid. So I guess if you're like in a huge fight, maybe you wouldn't want to risk two people applying first aid on a person uh, while the monsters are still descending upon you. But uh, you can you can try that. Quick, Matt, let's hurry and put this one Band-Aid on Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because that sounds different because I remember that's how we, I think we tried to do the whole first aid medicine thing back when we... Yep. We were fighting the night gaunts outside of... What's-her-name's house? Yeah, outside of Jean St. Jane's Manor, and we tried to figure that out. And... Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. Wow, why do you guys always have to bring up adventures I wasn't there on? <laughs> just rub it in your face. Look, we're not trying to make you jealous. We just want you to know that there was a past. And it was better because you weren't there. The next uh, step for first aid would be medicine. And this requires one hour time, and you can heal somebody 1d3 hit points. And you can also stack this with first aid, so you could potentially have up to four hit points, unless the character is dying, in which case you uh, there's a whole other set of rules for that. If it is not performed in the same day, medicine, it must be a hard success. So if for whatever reason you waited to apply uh, medicine, it would have to be a hard success. Now, dying, when someone is dying, they require first aid to stabilize it, which will regain them one temporary hit point. So not a coupon? Not a coupon. If your family's dying, you don't get a coupon? Nope. No coupons. At the end of each hour, the dying character must make a con roll. If he or she fails, it re- indicates a, the loss of the temporary hit point. So back to dying. Mm-hmm. And a first aid, although it can stabilize, it must be followed up by a successful medicine roll if the character is dying. So you have to kind of stack them in, the, in that scenario in order to have any chance of saving a dying character. Uh, regular damage recovery. So if you're just walking it off or whatever, um, you can do one hit point per day. So that's just normal Uh, damage recovery. If you have taken a wound that gets you the checkbox ticked for major wound, you need to roll a con at the end of each week while the major wound box is ticked. If you fail, there's no recovery. If you succeed, you get 1d3 hit points recovered. And you can then untick that box when you reach at least half your hit points. So if there's a major wound, obviously it takes a long time for it to be recovered from. If you get an extreme success while you're recovering with that con roll, then you get 2d3 hit points recovered and you automatically untick the major wound, even if you're not to the halfway point. Okay? Okay. 
And, you know, a lot of this isn't even going to come into play until right. you actually get hurt. But uh, And beyond that, if there's environmental issues, then those may impact the way that you heal. So if you're obviously if you're in a hospital resting comfortably, you're going to recover a little bit more. Um, you get some bonus dies and that sort of thing. But if you are left out in the jungle, then you might uh, have a much rougher time of healing up in a regular basis. So that is Cthulhu rules for this week and healing. Now we're going to talk about... Another segment we call Letters from Beyond. And this is just some folks who have uh, reached out to us and gave us some uh, feedback. And we just want to give a quick shout out to Daryl Carlson on Facebook who said, I love how you turned Mr. Purfoy into Basil Fawlty. John Cleese is funny even in horror. Yes. And he couldn't be more right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly why. On his way out the door doing a funny walk. A silly walk. (laughs) A silly walk. And now let's catch up with the current scenario. Previously... On the Lovecraft tapes. After alienating elderly acquaintance Petunia at a chance encounter in the Arkham Public Library, Roy digs deep into microfiche to find a series of troubling newspaper articles about George Portman, whose life took a disturbing yet familiar turn, and who is presumably wasting away in a nearby penitentiary. Samantha flees Blaine Manor. <laughs> After a creepy encounter with a mysterious tome, which somehow found its way out of the safe and into the study, Dan is stalked by a shadow in the bowels of the police station, where his hours-long search for information is mostly fruitless. Back at home, he hears a strange thumping sound from behind at exactly the same time Samantha hears the same familiar thump, thump, thump when attempting to call Dan. And now we continue... Episode 28. Dan, as you close up the safe, a rhythmless thumping begins to sound from behind you in the empty study. I'm going to quickly turn around and open the door and flip the lights back on and stick my head back into the room. So you look into the room and you can clearly tell that the thumping sound appears to be coming from the window. Damn kids and their lawn parties. I'm going to cross the room and go check out the thumping window. As you get closer, it does appear to get louder. It sounds like it's coming from directly outside the curtained window. Uh, I'm going to open up the curtains and see what's going on outside. You immediately see the body of a robin clutching a branch outside the window. He's hanging upside down, dead. His eyes have been eaten out by insects. And as the wind sways the branch, his body swivels and thumps against the side of the window. Well, at least it's not a crow. (laughs) This is true. Nope, it's just a robin. Oh, can I open the window, reach out, uh, like snap? Is it like a, a small branch? Or like, uh, yeah, it's it's relatively small. Yep, because mm-hmm. his uh, claws are just curled around it, as if in a death row. Can I just like snap the branch off and just drop it? Yes, you can. Okay, that's what I want to do. Rock and Robin, tweet. It falls to the ground, and you're on the first floor, so the corpse of the Robin is dislodged from the branch. Finally, you can see a couple maggots sort of squirt out of its eyes. Damn, nature. You creepy. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, glad I figured out that. I'm going to close the window, put the blinds back, turn around and uh, walk out of the study and make sure to hit the lights on the way out because unlike a certain somebody, I don't waste electricity. Oh. I'm not there or I'd respond. <laughs> Just text her roasting her. Samantha, as your ear is pressed close to the cell phone, the thump, thump, 
Boomp. On the other end, fades out until you hear a faint click and the call is disconnected. Chris has paused mid-sip of her latte and is staring at you with concern. Everything okay? she asks. And I just respond, Sorry, I got a call from an EDM party down the street. Uh, It's just a very strange... There was like a thumping sound on the other end of the line. Not like a dial tone or not able to connect sound. I don't know what it was. It's those damn kids and their lawn parties. It was probably a lawn party. Yeah, that's uh, that does sound a little strange. Are, mm-hmm. are you are you okay? You just had a weird look on your face. Yeah, I, it just it seemed very out of place. It almost felt like it was in my head more so than the phone. That, that just sounds crazy. I'm sorry. That just well, sounds crazy. Maybe maybe you're coming down with something. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. I mean, you've barely touched your uh, cappuccino. Uh, it's a half calf decaf no foam latte. Thank you. Soy latte americana. Pardon me, pardon me. Yeah, you're right. Um, You know what? I'm really sorry, but I feel like I have to get home. Oh, well, I mean, was it something I I didn't know? No, it has nothing to do with you, Chris. You've been phenomenal. Can we please rain check? Is that okay? Well, yeah, sure. Um, Well, are are you doing anything tomorrow night? No, not at all. You want to get some dinner? Well, yeah, I... I am a bit of a foodie. I, I do cook. I'm just... There's a restaurant that um, I hear you can get tapa if you want to get some tapas. <laughs> yeah, I, not, I don't really... But, you know, I do, do you like um, Thai food? Oh, I do. Spicier the better. Well, I, I make it homemade Ooh. if you wanted to drop by tomorrow night. That would be fantastic. Let me get your address. Yeah, no, I'll just... Uh, I'll text it to you. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to get this to go. I'm really sorry. I just want to make oh, sure that, Dan's that's okay. That's I'll, okay. I'll, uh, I'll let you know tomorrow and let's... Uh, Maybe we can talk some more tomorrow. That would be perfect. Thank you so much for understanding, Chris. Yeah, no no problem. And why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? I see it. It's right there. I see you hidden. I needed a 76. I got a 74. Nice. You can tell that Chris is maybe more than a little disappointed that you're leaving. Mm-hmm. I, ca- I captured that with the dialogue. I will make it up to her so many times. Whoa. <clears throat> So I'm going to go ahead and get my coffee to go and um, jump in the car and head home. Roy. What's up? After texting Dan with details about your discoveries at the library, you decided it's probably time to head home for dinner with Greta and the kids. All those kids. As you head toward your car, you notice a strange figure watching you from a block away at the mouth of an alleyway running between the drugstore and the Ben Franklin Five and Dime. It is a man his features in shadow beneath a battered fedora. Hey, man, who's wearing a battered fedora? Why don't you come here and show yourself? I want you to immediately spin and start sprinting away at top speed. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me! Roy, why don't you give me a spot hidden roll? So I needed a 70 and I got a 75 because of course I'd fail in the one time I want to not. Would you like to either push the roll or use any luck or would you like to just let that ride? I'll let that stand. The figure is completely unfamiliar to you. Man, so unfamiliar. I wonder who that was. He's still standing in the alleyway looking at you at the mouth of the alleyway. Then I'll walk towards the alleyway. He immediately ducks into the alley. You should have sprinted at him after stripping naked, and then you can just <laughs> helicoptering the whole way. Do I still see him right now? He's gone. No, no, he he's, he walks briskly into the alleyway where you can't see him. He's a, he's about a block away. Dang it. 
What buildings are we between? The alleyway runs between the drugstore and the Ben Franklin Five and Dime. You're just coming out of the library. It's about a block away. I'm going into the drugstore. Uh, you walk into the drugstore and uh, you see uh, who's behind the counter. Drugstore worker whose name I cannot be bothered to come up with. <laughs> Do you have video cameras in your alleyway? Fred goes, Roy, Roy, is that you? Yes, it's me. Of course what, it's what me. What are you talking what, what do you mean, unnamed employee? We've known each other for a long time. I'm angry and upset. I apologize. What's going on? What's going on? Well, how can there I help you? There was a you? guy that I missed my chance to see who it was. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw some guy with a, wearing a funny old hat. Don't make fun of those kinds of hats. Those are good <laughs> hats. I look like Freddy Krueger or something. He probably Creepy. was. And your name happens to be Fred. Coincidence? <laughs> All right. Now, do you, is this a, does this establishment have cameras? Well, absolutely. Inside, sure. Can I look? Yeah, come on back. Cool. Good. He takes you back to the, uh, the a little office. There's a little uh, technology cabinet back there. It has a DVR. Do I got anything in the alleyways? Uh, no, nothing in the alleyways. Uh, there's, they're all basically in the store. I'll check the footage to see if a guy like that has come through. Go ahead and give me a luck roll. I failed harshly. I needed an 18, and I got an 88. Nope. Unfortunately, uh, you zip through, fast forward through the DVR footage, and you don't see any indication of the of the man or woman. Just a figure. Roy must be the most unlucky person I have ever met. Luck of 18. Wow. All right, Fred, I apologize for being angry. I'm eh, just, don't worry about it, Roy. Anytime, man. I have to go home to the wife, and I don't want to do that, so. Ooh, good luck with that. This looked like a good excuse to get out of it. Well, I, I wish you all the luck. Uh, here, here, have a few lollipops for the kids. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Ketamine. Have a nice one, Fred. Maybe I'll stop by again and be less of a dick. Mm, fat chance. All right, yeah, have a good night now. You too. And you leave the uh, drugstore on the way to home. Ching, ching. All right, let's cut back to Danny. Daniel, what are you up to, my friend? Six foot. Eight inches. Oh. <coughs> In your dreams. That's with the extra three optical inches after he shaves. <laughs> yes. Millimeters and inches are not the same. I'm going to try and call Sam again just to see if I can't can't get her because last time i tried to call i got the busy signal sam your phone starts to ring i pick it up hello danny i was just uh wondering where you were at i mean i got a, a broken voicemail from you and i came back to the manor as fast as i could but you weren't here did you try duct tape to fix that broken message <laughs> oh yeah it, 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 yeah it, it, i couldn't work. i couldn't get a hold of you either i'm on my way huh. right now okay back to the manor Coming back to Plain Manor. I got a weird, really weird call. I tried to call you. I think I tried to call you. Yeah, I tried to call you. And it rang and then picked up and all I heard was thump, thump, thump. But it didn't sound like it was coming from the phone. It sounded like it was almost in my head. The calls are coming from inside your head. Were you thump, thump, thumping anybody? Uh, no. Uh, the only thump, thump, thumping I heard was from... Oddly enough, there was a, a, a dead bird clinging onto a branch on that, you know, that, that, that uh, tree your dad has right outside his study? Uh-huh. Uh, there was a dead bird on one of the branches, and the wind was blowing it into the window. Oh, my God, that's bizarre. Yeah, so I, I, I snapped the branch off so that we wouldn't have to deal with that anymore. Okay. Did you, by chance, open the safe and move the book at all? No, not at all. When I left you a message, it was the weirdest thing. I was cooking, and I heard a noise coming from the study. So I went over and opened the door and flipped the light on. As soon as I did it, I just got the weirdest vibe, and the weirdest thing happened. I just shut the door and left. 
I was trying to find you. That's when I called. Oh. Was it a thumping noise, perhaps? You know what? I don't know because it's not in the wiki. I don't remember what the sound was. It was just very, very freaky. Uh, It might have been the bird on the window. Which it could have been, but I honestly, if I remember correctly, and I'm trying to remember because I had some coffee, I'm a little jittery, I think... The book was on the desk. What? And I know for a fact that you put it in the safe. Yeah. It's the first thing I did when I when I saw that the door was open and the lights were on in the study. The I checked the safe and the book was there, but it had flipped over. It was the title was face down, like the back of the book was up and I didn't touch that thing and I know we put it in with the my life cover facing up okay we gotta figure this out dan do you want to meet me somewhere so we're not at the house if you don't want to meet at the house yeah i uh roy i'm a little freaked out sent me some some details he found some newspaper articles when he was researching in the uh stacks at the library we can go over them together okay why don't i pick you up will you meet me at the end of the driveway yeah i know it sounds stupid but i just i just don't want to be in the house right now no not not at all i will hop on my bike and uh we can go find some place to (laughs) Let me just hop on the tricycle here. Okay, I'll meet you there. I'm about seven minutes out. Okay, I'll be waiting. Okay, so let's say seven minutes later, Samantha pulls up and picks Dan up at the edge of the driveway. Hey, baby, what do you think of this new big wheel I got? I think it's awesome. It's got a power brake and everything. Sheesh. (laughs) And uh, so where are you guys headed for uh, presumably dinner at this point? Why don't you drive, Danny? That's okay. Just a little hey, jittery stuff. a great place called the Tapas Restaurant that serves small plates. They serve small plates? Can't we go somewhere that has food? I mean, there's this joint in, in town that has a really great gravy eggplant. Mmm, that sounds nice. Let's do that. Okay, so I'm going to drive us into town to a small restaurant. Called? A small restaurant. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I haven't been un, here un yet. Un pequeño restaurant. <laughs> It translates to a large one. A small one. It's a megaplex, of course. Of course. Yeah. All right, let's uh, go ahead and leave you guys uh, headed off to the restaurant. And we'll go ahead and pick up with Roy as he comes home. Gross. Hello, family. I have not seen you in months as this case has made it impossible for me to stay here. I've been at the motel down the road. I will say that I have missed you. Dad, what the hell you been up to? Um, my god. Okay, Ricky. You're not even supposed to be able to talk. I'm not Ricky. I'm Rab. Okay, Rab. You should know this. I'm your damn son. Sometimes daddies make mistakes and have too many kids. Honey, if you spent more time home, you would know your own kids. Forget it. Forget it. You know what? Raiden... Rugby and I, we're going to go do something. You don't even know your brother's names. How can you expect me to? I was just trying to figure out which ones I wanted to take with me. Mm-hmm. At that exact same moment, Ricky, Robbie, Rody, and Raleigh all start to toss a ball around inside the house. Oh, God, with these ones again. Greta starts yelling at him. Greta, you're an idiot. They can't hear you. They're mute, you idiot, not deaf. You'd know that if you spent more time at home. You know what? You can't expect me to know things about these kids. I work. Were were you even at church today? It's Sunday, you know. We're supposed to be at church. I didn't know it was Sunday. If I had known it was Sunday, maybe if you communicated more, this wouldn't be an issue. The father is very angry with you. Dad. Dad. What are... What? Uh, did you see what uh, Raymond did to your car? 
I don't. Raymond's the good one. I don't care oh, what he did. Oh yeah, he's the he's the good one. He's the good one. All right, what did he Why do? Why don't you go check and see what Raymond did to your car? I've been I working on my book it. report all all day long. Don't don't tell lies. And at that moment, from the backyard, you hear a foom and the house shakes. All right, Rocket or the other one, whoever you might be, show me what Raymond did to my car. I am rugby. Get your damn kids' names right. Okay. Come here, I'll show you, I'll show you, I'll show you. Come here, come here. Let's see. Rip, Ray, come on, let's show him what he did. You see it? I see All it. All the air is out of your tires. I watched him do it. How do I know Rhonda didn't do that? Because I watched Raymond do it, Dad. He did it, I watched him do it, and it's because he doesn't want you to leave ever again. You know, I have a job. Your mother's lazy, so I have to work. I hate that. Can I, I ask have to you work... something? Can I have I have to hug? work so... I can't even get a word in with you kids. I like the I like the deaf or mute ones the best. I don't even know which ones they are. Dad, can can I just have one hug? What's in it for me? I put air in your tires. Okay, fine. That's a good yeah. deal. See, you do things. See, Rab, I told you he'd give me a hug. Yeah, take his wallet. Big black column of smoke is coming out of the shed now in the backyard. I take Dad's wallet and hand it behind my back to Rab. He takes off. I don't notice because I'm too infused with anger. Yeah, that's right. All right, bye, All right, what's happening in the shed? I go back to the shed, see why smoke's coming out of it. Kid walks out the front, slams the door. <coughs> I really shouldn't have done that. I mean, I thought I figured it out the first time. Okay, Robin. Yeah, yeah oh, you're, ah, hi. Arms back against the door. Whatever you do, don't go in there right now. I just. What What happened? Uh, uh, it was, um, the, the mole people. Rab, come here. What do you want? Are there mold people living in the shed? I don't know. Probably. Raymond probably invited them. You are the mole person lookout. You're supposed to look out for these things. I was just trying to get rid of them. It's probably Raymond's fault. It's not my fault. I heard you. It's not Raymond's fault. Blame someone else. God. If you only knew. If you were only here. All right. I'm going to go talk to Raymond since these other decadent children are all blaming him for oh, things. Shit, shit Rat. Rugby. He's gonna go talk to him. Come on, let's go. I know, it's a rare occasion for me to talk to any of you. And maybe if you would look out for the mole people and not set the shed on fire and then lie about it and not let the air out of my tires and your mom wasn't an idiot, this wouldn't happen. I heard that. You don't call mom an idiot. I just did. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, you see your car tomorrow. We'll see what we did about I'm it. I'm just gonna go back into the shed. Uh... I can walk places. I have friends unlike any of you kids. I'm gonna destroy every screen door and then you maybe you'll notice me. I will because then I'll be impressed with you for the first time in my life. You've done something. You don't even know who I am anymore. You know, it's because I have to work. You know all that food that you all eat? That You know how you love having food to exist with? That's all me. Mom cooks it. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Dad. I'm going to talk to Raymond. You can all watch. Don't talk to Raymond. Keep talking to us. You know what? Hey, Dad. Hi, Raymond. Why are all these kids blaming you for things? Oh, uh, you know, they're just they're just rambunctious, you know. They're they're kind of it's Sunday, you know. They they had to sit in church all day and they they hate that and What a douche. You know, mom's been on them. No, I have not. Yeah, well, you know, you know she's like dad. That's an intelligent answer, Raymond. Hey, uh but uh I think uh, Rhonda uh, she wanted to ask you something. All right, I I'll catch up. You you're the man of the house. You know that. You gotta. I know, but she's asking about boys. Oh God. Okay. Fine. I don't. 
But yeah, I told her you what to do, Dad. Keep a better contact with me about the mole people and the shed burning, because I can come home for a whooping once in a while if I need to. I'll whoop you right now. Fire in the hole. Right, I'm going to talk to Rhonda now. You, you get your homework done. You're a good kid. Thanks, Dad. All right, I'll go to Rhonda now. All right, what's the deal? Excuse me. Um, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I'm I'm kind of busy trying to wallow in the futility of humanity. You know what, Rhonda? I was told that you wanted to talk to me. So, you know, if you want to stop doing that or I could waste my time with one of the other kids, so make your decision. I don't care. Look, I'm getting old enough to where I feel like I deserve um, a little more responsibility. And so I was wondering when you're going to give me the keys to the car. Look, the car's never here. And when it is here, all your brothers and sisters let the air out of the tires and, like, jump on the hood. So, you know, I probably could do that soon to get it out of the house all the time. But if you're going to do that, you gotta you got to keep doing some more chores and actually watching out for Rigby, Raid, and Rab, the three that happen to be younger than you. We don't do anything. Ugh, they're such a drag, though. I mean... You know, you're 15, Rhonda. I don't think that you legally have a driver's license, but I'm not around enough to understand that. Look, I know what I'm doing. I was watching videos on YouTube. It really doesn't look that hard. And I need to get over to the old industrial scrap district because me and my friends are going to light something on fire and just sit around brooding. It's really important to me, okay? Look, I was a teenager too. I understand all about the industrial yards. I lost my virginity there. You don't understand it. But guess what? We're literally half a block away. We're like three doors down. You can walk there. I love that group. Walking doesn't adequately show the the blackness that is in my soul that the world just needs to know about. Then how do you have friends? Aren't friends a good thing? And aren't you kind of against that, Rhonda? I have other friends who hate having friends, and that's why we're friends. Do any of them drive? I mean, there's this boy, his he's his name is Greg, and he's a little bit older, and he's super cute. It's all about the boys again. Mom, when's dinner? It'll be ready soon. Has your mom had the talk with you yet? I mean, I think she's tried, but it might have been after she had taken her, her Xanax, and uh, she kind of slurring her words, uh, so I'm not quite sure what she was trying to say. You you really should tell mom that it's probably not a good idea to have a bottle of wine with her antidepressants. Okay, Rhonda, let me lay out everything you need to know in thorough detail. Boys are idiots and want one thing, and that that's it, and that's the whole story. I think that thing's pizza. Yeah, it's pizza. Greg is different. We have a connection on a spiritual level, okay? It's, you know, he says that he says that we were together in a past life and that he's been searching for me. Okay, he's been searching. I don't care if you're doing it because everyone does it as a teenager. It's not a big deal. Just don't get pregnant because then I'm going to have to deal with that. And then whenever a little rerun is born or whatever you stupid name him because our family's full of stupid names, then I'm your mom is going to have to take care of him and I'm going to have to yell at it. And it's going to be like a week old and it's going to cry. So not like you would ever know anyway. You're never here. You know what? <laughs> I work hard, and I don't say it much, but I love you kids, and I just want you to have a better life than I had with my 13 brothers, and I didn't have any sisters, so it was just fighting nonstop. Aww. You're gonna notice me someday! At least you all got people looking out for you. Come get dinner! You know Raymond and, and Rocket and the deaf ones care. Dad, they're mute. They're not deaf. Look, I try. 
Richard, my all of my other brothers, they didn't Go care. Go away, it's I'm time pretty. For dinner. You guys gotta come out for dinner. Look, I gotta talk to the to the mute ones. Cause I gotta explain to them. Mom says it's time for dinner. Get out! You know here. what? Tell mom that she can wait. You tell mom she can wait. Sometimes it's important for. Ah, she said you can wait. Dad's being a dick. Well, then you get his portion. I get to eat your dinner. It's important for a man to connect with his kids. I have to work. Rhonda! My God, mom, what do you want now? It's your favorite blood sausage. Okay, Rhonda. Here's my verdict. Here's my verdict. Prove to me that you can handle a scooter, and if you promise to drive Rab to soccer practice, you can use the car. Just, if you get caught, you stole it. Oh my god, thanks, daddy! Yeah, I know. I'd hug you, but that's passe, and you'd, you'd totally mess with my chi. I don't want it, so that's good. Let's cut the scene there, and uh, let's get you guys out to dinner. Where, for just a few blissful moments, Roy gets to enjoy a quiet table as everybody... Praise before dinner, except for maybe not him. I'm religious. I'm just busy. (laughs) Rab runs up right before dinner and gives him a hug on his leg. Thanks, Rab. That's not a hug. You watching this, God? I'll fix that screen door, I promise, Dad. Okay, that's good because screen doors are very important to me. Your Uncle Bugsy and I, we're going to make a business soon once I get out of this investigating deal. I want to be part of it. Every business needs stock, boys. Let's uh, cut the scene there and we'll fade out and the camera pulls out from the Arroyo household. And then leaves and says, I got to get up early. I can't say. I'm so sorry. Damn camera. He pulls out and leaves. Well, evidently, he can't pull out because he's got a lot of kids. I try my best, okay? Camera freeze frames, happy music plays, and we fade out. Next week on the Arroyos. Let's uh, fade into uh, Dan and Samantha at the Pequeño Restaurante, and they are crouched over a candlelit table facing each other and trying to decide just what the heck is going on here. Give me all the information you have, Danny. I don't know how much you know about this book, but mm-hmm. it's really freaking me out. From what Roy gave me from his research in the stacks at the library, my life is the diary of one Stuart Portman. And he lived in he lived here in his house for a long time, passed away. It was left abandoned for a long time until his great nephew i believe it is george portman found paperwork stating that the house and everything in it was his via inheritance so george comes over from london or europe to to move here to arkham way back and he starts restoring the house and he finds the book he starts reading the book and not too long after that uh he is arrested for the rape and murder of a girl named Rhonda Jackman out of the the university. Oh my god. Yeah, she was found in his home and she was found to be drugged with get this ketamine, hydrochloride. That's the same stuff. Yeah, even weirder. When when he went to trial, he pled insanity claiming that it was the voice of the spirit of a deceased relative that motivated him to do this. That is insane. I'm starting to see a pattern here, Sam. You read the book. It's no time for tic-tac-toe. Oh. You read the book. Weird things start happening to you. You pick up ketamine, and then apparently eventually you will rape and murder someone after drugging them. I'm not going to rape and murder anybody. 
Stop talking like I'm going to do this stuff. Yeah, she already did it. Well, as long as you don't read the book, you'll be fine. You haven't read it, have you? No. God, no. I don't go anywhere near that thing. You kidding me? After what it did to my phone? It's a pretty good book, dude. You should try it. What the hell was that? Just off in the distance, you hear Roy. That's my Facebook updates. Oh, hold on. Roy updated his Facebook status. It's a pretty good book. You should try reading it. Roy posts the weirdest thing on some Facebook, you know? I honestly, Dan... We need to get to the bottom of this. I have I have one lead. I, I oh. I'm gonna go and speak with the realtor that hosted the estate sale and see if I can get any more information. But I don't know I don't know what else we can have. We you guys pretty much picked it clean. Oh oh no wait I saved the best for last. Portman was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole up at MCI Cedar Junction up in Wapole, Massachusetts. Oh my God, that's only like an hour away. Should we go see if he's still there? Why not? He had direct contact with the book. Maybe he knows how to get rid of it. Yeah, or maybe even not. He can tell us about his his great uncle, Stuart, because it, it so. seems that everything about this book points back to Stuart Portman. Okay, well, tomorrow's Monday. Obviously, none of us have jobs. <laughs> so I suppose we should just take another fucking day off and... <laughs> Go to prison. I mean, I've got to be back to work on Thursday to set up my room, so... Yeah, I mean, I was supposed to be on call this week. What are you, a doctor? No, um... No, I wouldn't be engaged to a doctor. No, yeah, that's that's fine. I think I think we can do we can do tomorrow. Let's see what uh, Roy has, if he's got any plans. Maybe we, he could tag along? I mean, I might be able to get Ernie to pick up my shift for me. Okay. I know he, with the baby on the way, is looking for that all the time he can get. Yeah. I'll ring him up and see if he'll be willing to take my shift Monday. Okay. Let's have the rest of dinner without any book talk. Does that sound okay? Oh, that sounds absolutely incredible. I'd like to uh, to talk with my fiancé again. What? Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds absolutely lovely. I think we've had enough of this. I know it does. I mean, I get sound and they don't tell you thank you people. So let's go ahead and fade the scene there at dinner. And why don't we have a quick uh, recap from each of you, how you wrap up the evening before you go to bed. Let's start off with Roy. I yell at Ricky, Robbie, Rody, and Raleigh for being stupidly loud because just because they're blind doesn't mean that they're allowed to make all their noises. They're mute. I don't care if their legs work or not. It's not my problem. I tell Raymond he's a good kid and I give him his chores for the night. I throw a belt at Rocket, but I don't actually whip him because that'd be that would imply caring. I send Robin to she, to the shed that she set on fire, and that. I let Rhonda know that I will be using the car, but when I'm back, she can use it. I make Rigby sleep in the yard, and I have Raiden Rab patch up the hole in the attic that they ripped out. And then I retire to the bed with Greta, and I promise her that I'm not going to yell at her for at least six hours. Bro, I, I don't, I don't care about that part, but just please, 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 just keep it in your pants tonight. I haven't been here in weeks. I, I'm just, I'm starting to heal up. Look. Fine, but, you know, next time, we're going to play dice. Okay. Great balls of blue. Dice sounds good. Dice sounds great. All right, good night. And she she's immediately, like, snoring in two seconds. And that's when I go back to the living room and watch Sports Center. Sweet. All right. So, Roy, you fall asleep in front of the TV set watching Sports Center, And you wake up about 2.30 a.m., and the TV set is off. Someone must have turned it off. The TV remote is missing as you look around for it. God damn it, Rab. 
needed something for a remote detonator. Just as you're getting ready to haul yourself out of the easy chair to head back upstairs, you feel a hand on your shoulder. Rocket, go to bed. But you don't understand. I have things in the shed that are bubbling, and if I leave them alone, there might not be much of a neighborhood left. That takes care of one of the hands on my shoulder. Now, who could this other one be? And indeed, you look around and you see an old hand on your other shoulder. Petunia. Greta, go back to bed. <laughs> Warty, covered in hair on the knuckles, liver spotted. Petunia, you're getting a little too clingy. I mean, come on. I know we're, like, best friends, but you can't just come into my house without, like, telling me a few weeks in advance. There is no response. Okay, I get it. You're sleeping. I throw Raid off my lap because he, she is always trying to cuddle with me when I'm asleep and it's just not okay. And I stand up and turn around to see who it is. As you stand up and turn around, the hand clenches on your shoulder tightly and you look around to see that it has been severed just below the elbow. Oh God. These kids. And that's when you wake up. And Sports Center is blurring. And that's the end of the halftime. You made a basket goal. Why is there a game on at two thirty? It's ESPN Classic. You were look. You were watching the wrong. It's ESPN eight. The Ocho. You're watching Foley. Next up on the Ocho dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. All right, let's cut over to Sam and Dan. How are you ending your evening? Hey Dan, that dinner was really good. Thank you. I needed that. Yeah, I think we both needed that. This might sound strange too, but. Do you mind if we just go to the hotel in town for tonight? Is that okay? Not at all. If you don't feel safe over at that house, then we can stay at that hotel as long as you want to. It's the house, too, but I kind of would like to stay at the hotel with you. Well, in that case, I'll be sure to get the honeymoon suite. Ooh, feeling frisky? (laughs) Or fresca? Just as that happens, a Facebook post goes out from Roy telling him that you don't have a lot of money, you're pretty lazy, maybe do a little lower. What is Roy doing posting on Facebook? Are you saying that I'm expensive and he has to do a little lower? All right, I think it's sufficient. We can we can go there. So you guys check into the local hotel in town and get a... There is no honeymoon suite, but uh, you do get a very nice suite with a two-person jacuzzi tub. Oh. And uh, enjoy a nice evening, free of stress, and uh, maybe lubricated with a little bit of... Uh... Lube. Oh. I brought uh. my 55-gallon barrel with me. <laughs> I'll dip myself in right away. <laughs> And then he pumps a shotgun and shoots the barrel. <laughs> Sorry. A little doom action there. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and pick up with Sam. You're the first to wake up in the morning in the hotel. Mm-hmm. You're feeling very good. And he's clearly out like a light. He's still... Let me guess. You don't make breakfast. I am actually going to go grab some bagels and some coffee for us. As you leave, the door shuts behind you with a loud snick. And we'll switch to Dan, who wakes up at the sound. Huh? Morning. Sam? Sam? Dan, Samantha is clearly uh, missing from the hotel room, and she you realize she's probably gone to fetch you your traditional bagels and uh, coffee. So this must have been what it was like at the Contented Cow. Um, I'm going to uh, hop up out of bed and uh, go hop in the shower, because I know it might be... I'm going to have at least, you know, 10 minutes to just scrub up real quick. So Dan, Dan scrubs up in the, in the uh, shower, and Sam... Uh, you're in line uh, at the hotel coffee shop. Uh, a couple of people behind. There's some folks in front of you. You guys woke up uh, a little bit later than you nor- normally would, but uh, 
there's a lot of uh, people getting ready for work and, uh, you know, wanting to get some coffee and bagels and get the heck out. And as you're waiting in line two or three people deep, you get a phone call. Hello? Oh, hi, hi uh, S- Sam? Yeah, th- this is Sam. Sa- oh, Sam, I'm sorry. It's uh, it's Caitlin. Oh, that's okay. Hi, Caitlin. Yeah, uh, I, is everything police... okay? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know who else to talk to. Um, have you have you heard anything from Ryan? No. Is is he not home? <sighs> well, he he's missing. Uh, the van's gone. I I got I got a call from my parents, and he he took the kids. He what? Dan, you finish scrubbing up in the shower and turn off the water and uh, towel off. And as you're toweling off, you notice that the medicine cabinet is open about two inches. All right, just enough. And he knows it's exactly two inches because... (laughs) Oh, shut up, okay? I'm going to walk over to the cabinet and open it. You open it and a small little bottle falls out of the cabinet and lands in the sink. Um, I'm going to pick up the bottle and see what it is before I possibly put it back. It is quite clearly labeled ketamine chloride. And we'll cut the scene there. Roy, save the best for last is my motto. But I already went. (laughs) What are you going to post on Facebook about that, Roy? Boom. (laughs) He was just saying my name. Calm down. Roy, you wake up in the morning and Greta is still out like a light, obviously. She's snoring like a buzzsaw. And you head downstairs to make some coffee and you notice uh, Raymond is already up he's he's already made coffee and uh, set out a fresh mug for you and uh, he appears to be working on something some homework at the table all right raymond what's the deal even my best kids don't do things for me oh well i just you know i thought maybe if you got a minute before you go to work you know maybe you could listen to uh my report what's it on okay uh it's a it's a book report it's uh it's called uh my life There's more than one? Uh, that was unexpected. My theory, put this in the theories, Matt, that the Illuminati, the Moon Nazis, and Matt did all of this. In cahoots. Which put us into a ketamine dream. Ketamine dream is the name of my punk rock band. My theory about those damn kids and their lawn party still stands, though. All right, let's go ahead and launch into our segment, Recommendos for this week. And let, let's start off with uh, Gabe. I got a good one. It is The Ghoul Show. It's That's what it's called. It's a old 70s Detroit and Cleveland public access show. You can find a bunch of the clips on YouTube, or you can go to his site and buy some, which is always good because it's good to give a guy like that some support. Half of it was Mystery Science Theater 3000 before Mystery Science Theater 3000, and he took the worst horror movies he could find and he dubbed his voice and three stooges things and just things like that over them (laughs) just to make them as funny as possible it was a lot of random crap he did a lot of polka music he'd have like uh local bands on but then the things that made it the best were his outtakes and commercials that he just had in between the before after and in between the movies and they just are so funny and so stupid. If you want a good baseline for his type of humor, his whole, throughout the entire thing, his joke is he only does public access because it's better than his previous job, which was stealing hubcaps. All right, let's go to uh, Matt. 
also in the horror vein, but surprise, uh, an indie game that people should definitely check out. It's called uh, Little Nightmares. Came out very recently. It's um, a side-scrolling action platformer uh, where you play a little kid named Six, and you wake up deep inside this underground, like underground, underwater. I don't even know what it is. They don't really explain it to you. It's called The Maw, and it's inhabited by these really grotesque, really mutated creatures and it's up to you to escape from this from this place except for the fact that you have to be really careful because every every single one of those creatures wants to eat you it's incredibly well done the the music is amazing the the atmosphere is really really well done it's incredibly creepy it's um it's very much in the same vein as inside if you've played that same kind of gameplay with the 3d side scrolling same thing with the whole creepy atmosphere but i i think i almost like little nightmares more than i liked inside right mine is an anime of course it's called cyborg 009 it's on netflix the first season's out basically they're cyborgs who were created to fight a war which they won for the nation and now we're in retirement but there's some force that's trying to bring them out of retirement and blackmail them so they will be destroyed because they're the only threat to this other force. And it's it's basically the story of them trying to defend their own name and eventually trying to defeat the other force that's trying to enslave mankind by erasing all memory of every human on the planet. 13 episodes, I believe, on Netflix right now. Cyborg 009. CGI, so decent decent animation. Stories stories interesting. They don't spill it out for you, which I love. Um, I think it's uh, English dubbed, but I believe you can also get subtitled. All right, well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our social media, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our wiki. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody happens to know how much a bottle of ketamine flashes on the black market, you can look me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. Great, now you're a drug dealer, you jerk. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Podcasts. And if you're one of the three people on Earth that is yet to find me on AsianDate.com, you can find me at LovecraftGabe on Twitter. All right, until next time, roll for sanity. Excuse you. The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. <laughs>